of Jesus Christ must go on. So we have a joy to be with you here, but particularly on this Sunday of the resurrection, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Did he die? Yes. Did he suffer? Yes. Did he rise from the dead? Yes. So we're glad that we can think on these words and we can glorify the Lord Jesus Christ by the Resurrection Sunday. Most religions around the world don't have a resurrected Savior. Most religions don't have somebody who rose from the dead. Christianity, the real Christianity, biblical Christianity, has somebody who rose from the dead. So we're glad we can be with you this morning, and uh, we'd like you to always remember the shortest testimony by Paul of the resurrection is in Corinthians 15. First Corinthians 15, turn to that please in your Bible. This is the shortest explanation of the gospel. Paul had the shortest and the quickest explanation. So we would like you to remember that, and you have to witness to somebody, uh, read to them the shortest version of the resurrection. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which ye have received, and wherein ye stand. And then, of course, in verse 3, For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how the Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. So we want to use this section in 1 Corinthians uh, as the basis. But then it talks about the Scriptures. So where are we going to hear more about the resurrection? in the scriptures of the first four Gospels, of course. So we're glad that we can think that Paul would give testimony to the resurrection and use various testimonies, various people, even various angels. So we're glad uh, for that. The Corinthians stood firm on the Gospel, not like the Galatians, the Galatians wavered on the gospel. The Corinthians stood firm on the gospel. It was received by Paul as a revelation, and we know that the Corinthians had a lot of problems. <laughs> a lot of problems. A lot of spiritual problems. They were saved believers, but had carnal problems and doctrines about tongues and other gifts. Now, Christ died for our sins and for their sins if they believed, if they were saved, if they were born again. Now, the first testimony he uses is Peter. Now, he doesn't use Peter's name. He used the Aramaic name for Peter, Cephas. I guess you knew Cephas meant Peter. And the second testimony, of course, was the apostles, the 12 apostles. But Judas betrayed the Lord Jesus Christ, and he committed suicide. So there's only 11. And by a vote, uh, the apostles appointed uh, somebody else to take his, his place. 
And Matthias, Matthias was one. So they had 12, 11, they had 12 again. Now, the fourth testimony is concerning uh, the uh, James. Who was James? This James, a lot of James in the Bible. This James, I believe, was the brother of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he was one of the pillars of the church. Do you have pillars in the church here? <laughs> I trust this morning we had the pillars, those uh, leaders, the, the elders and the deacons, and uh, we thank thee for the pillars of the church. Do you thank God in your prayers for the pillars of the church? Well, we know I had 12 apostles again. And these 12 met once. They met twice. And in the second time, we know what happened. And we'll talk about him in just a little bit. So the testimony of, of James is very, very important. And, let, and we'll say uh, the testimony would be for 500 people. Can you imagine 500 people seeing Jesus with their eyes and hearing him with their ears and looking upon him? 500 people. Now, it's easy to fool one person or two people or, or five people, but to fool 500 people who saw Jesus Christ after the resurrection. This is amazing. And uh, Paul used that. And last of all, he was seen as Paul. With, Paul had bad eyes, but we believe his bad eyes saw uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. The last of all, he had persecuted the church, the church of Jesus Christ. A terrible sin. Was he forgiven? Yes, he was forgiven of this great sin. And what did God do? He gave him grace. He gave him faith to be the apostle of the Gentiles. God gave him certainly forgiveness of his sins, and he was to be the apostle to get the gospel out around the Gentile world. Paul, had, uh, Paul was forgiven much, and he loved Jesus Christ much. Can you think of another apostle? He said, I worked more than they all, because he loved Jesus. He had to work. <laughs> saved people have to work. Saved people have to pray. Saved people have to evangelize. And Paul did just that. Loved Jesus much, was forgiven much, and worked hard to get the gospel out and to be the apostle of the Gentiles. Now we can ask you, are you working much? Are you loving Jesus Christ much? Are you sacrificing your time and labor to work for the Lord? That's what Paul did. He's our example. So let's go to the Gospels now, the Gospels, the four Gospels, and uh, uh, see what's happened concerning the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Four Gospels, each one a little bit different, each one with other details, details that would show that Jesus Christ definitely rose from the lead. Let's go to the four Gospels, the Scriptures, each one talks about the resurrection. The resurrection is so important, 
so important that it's in the four Gospels. When we talk about the Gospel, do we bring in the resurrection? The death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's part of the Gospel. And it has the details. Death, burial, and resurrection is emphasized. So let's go to Matthew 28 in your Bibles. Matthew 28. And here we're going to see another testimony. Another testimony concerning the angels. Can the angels give a good testimony? Of course they can. They spoke to Mary. Jesus is not here. He's, a, he's risen. Go and tell the disciples about this. And they went off to tell. Verse 1. And the end of the Sabbath. This first verse is very important. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulchre. And behold, there was a great earthquake. This gospel brings in the great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers, the soldiers that supposed to God the tomb, did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not, fear not ye, for I know ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here. The testimony of the angel confirms the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now we said the first verse is important. The end of the Sabbath, the first day of the week. Is that very clear? We don't want you to be converted by the Seventh-day Adventists. They say Jesus was raised, some of them say, is raised on the, Sabbath, on the Sabbath. But certainly the scriptures, and we'll see other portions that will mention, of course, the first day of the week. Was that important? A New Testament, a new covenant, <laughs> the first day of the week. A new resurrection by Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So, next testimony is the, the angels. They rolled away the great stone and said, He is not here. He is risen. But this, this first verse is important. We don't want to be uh, uh, converted by the Seventh-day Adventists to use the seventh day. They had their arguments. And they would leave you, let's... The seventh day, it's mentioned in the scriptures in the Old Testament. We should go and, and worship on the uh, last day of the week. We had uh, a seventh-day Adventist come into our Trinitarian Bible Society. I'm going to tell you about that later, or maybe this afternoon. Trinitarian Bible Society. They came in and tried to convert one of our secretaries. <laughs> and they had a lady in our church also. She was, they tried to convert her to worship on Saturday. So don't let this 
uh, put in your mind always these first verses of the chapters. In the end of the Sabbath, at the begin, uh, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week. So on the mission field, we have all the uh, sects and cults, as you have, <laughs> and the missionary has to face them, try to help the people see the truth. And uh, we were traveling into Mexico. Many times we've been able to go to Mexico. At one time, we were the pastor of a church in Mexico for two years. <laughs> we can only go up once every three months to have the Lord's Supper and baptisms and help the people. But once on the bus, I sat next to a Seventh-day Adventist. He wanted to convert me, and I wanted to convert him. <laughs> but as it was passed, he gave me something very important that you should hear. This is a Seventh-day Adventist, a zealous man. He wanted to serve the Lord. They want to serve on the Sabbath day. And he told me, you don't know too much about the law and the seventh day. But I, if I do not keep the seventh day, I will not go to heaven. What was he doing? Making the seventh day a good work. Are we saved by good works? <laughs> We're saved by the Lord Jesus Christ, by his sacrifice, by his resurrection. So here's this man trying to get, he said, you don't know too much about the Seventh-day Adventist work, therefore I might get to heaven. But he knew if he did not use Sabbath, he wouldn't get to heaven. Is that a good work? The good work saved people. <laughs> the good work saved people in Guatemala, saved good people uh, in this area. Uh, close to Baltimore? Of course not. Very important to know the gospel. And here we have uh, in, the, in the scriptures ways to express the gospel. The stone was rolled away first day of the week. And uh, did things change in the New Testament? You bet they changed. The first day changed. What else changed? They had services, gospel services on the first day of the week. They took up collections the first day of the week. Many things changed with the New Testament. We had the New Covenant. <laughs> The covenant of the Lord Jesus Christ who gave his life on the cross. Now, some of our friends, Catholic friends, some of our Protestant friends do believe in good works to get to heaven. Even my mother, she was under a liberal Lutheran pastor and she heard you had to do good works to be saved. So it's not only the Catholics that say that, many evangelicals say you have to do good works to get to heaven. Is that the truth? No way. No way. Good works come after salvation. 
<laughs> We're ordained to do work after we get saved. Are they important? Yes, they are. Are you saved? Then you're ordained to do good works after you're saved, not before. No merits before. <laughs> and even in the good works you do afterwards, the Lord gets the credit. He does it by his grace and, and through faith. Let's go to Mark. Let's go to the second gospel. See what the second gospel of Mark says about the resurrection. And Mark, the disciples, didn't believe right away. Sometimes we don't believe right away. <laughs> we have to be taught. <laughs> and the pastor sometimes has to be leaning with us, with us and the elders have to be lenient too. We don't understand. We don't uh, commit ourselves. We don't believe. And the disciples were just like us. The disciples were uh, those that believed very slowly. So Mark 16, 9 to 11. Now when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, of whom he had cast out seven devils. And she went and told them that had been with him as they mourned and wept. And they, when they had heard that he was alive and had been seen of her, believed not. How many times do we believe not? But the Bible says we should believe. The testimonies are there. We should believe in, in that sense. So we have some examples in the Bible to do, some examples not to do. So some of the disciples were very, very, very weak in believing when they heard of a good testimony. Now, we know also in verses 16 and uh, 16, 16, 14. And afterwards he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. They didn't believe right away. They were slow, just like us. We're slow many times. But right away, after giving out the resurrection, immediately he tells us what to do. And here we have the Great Commission, as it is stated in Mark. And he said to them, Mark 16, 15, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. The Great Commission. <laughs> and he upbraided them and told them uh, they should be careful. Now, what happens with us when we have problems? We don't understand some doctrine. What do we generally do? We go to somebody else and say, well, tell us about it. <laughs> what we should do is to go to the scriptures. Go to the scriptures. Go to the scriptures and look and find out 
what the scriptures say about that problem and what it say about that doctrine. But sometimes there's not much there. So what do you have to look for? Bible principles. Bible principles that can help you in life. Do you know the Bible principles? <laughs> Christians must know the Bible principle. They must know the doctrines, of course. And the scriptures teach many things directly. And, but indirectly, as we have uh, the uh, aspects of, of searching the scriptures. So, uh, well, I'll come to Luke, but we have something else to, to read. He upbraided them. He gave them the great commission that we just read. They didn't understand fully, but God told them what to do when they did, when they would understand. So let's go to Luke now, Gospel of Luke, see what Luke says about the, the resurrection. Luke 24. Luke 24. Verses 13 and 14. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem about three score furlongs. And they talked together of those things which had happened. Here's the two disciples of Emmaus. And we know the Lord Jesus Christ opened the scriptures. <laughs> He showed them in the Psalms and the Proverbs and in Moses the things that were there concerning Jesus Christ and his resurrection and his crucifixion and other things about the Lord Jesus Christ. Twenty-four, twenty-five. Give strong words. Strong words. These two disciples had heard that Jesus was raised from the dead. They heard it, but they didn't believe it. And you know what he said to them? Here's something very strong to the Christians. Can God give strong things to the Christians? You bet he can. Listen to these words. All fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself, the things concerning his ministry, written in the prophets, written in the Bible. And they drew nigh unto the village where they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened. When you break bread, you show your hands. We believe they saw 
the scars in Jesus' hands. Anyway, the Lord opened their eyes, and they believed the gospel. It was sad, but he gave the, the aspect of fools and slow of heart. So sometimes we're very slow in obeying the Lord, sometimes very slow in doing his will uh, of the Lord. So we have to be careful in that sense. Now, verse 44, and he said to them, These are words which I spake unto you. While I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. The Bible has everything we need. <laughs> you want a new revelation? A lot of people out there with new revelations. Have you heard some of them? Do you like new revelations? Or are you content with the Bible revelations? That's where we want to go. Good Christians want good things. They want old things. They want new things. That's in the Bible. How many new things, how many mysteries are explained in the Bible? They're there for us. New revelations. Paul got the revelation of the gospel. How many Pauls are out there today? How many Pauls are out there? How many Peters are out there? Looking for new revelations. Brothers and sisters, new revelations should not be accounted for. We want the old revelations, the new revelations of the Bible. That's what we want to use in our lives. Preach the gospel and evangelize. A missionary has to do two things. The gospel has to be precious to his heart to preach the gospel and to love the Lord and he has to have the desire to preach the word and also to defend the faith. I'll tell you something this afternoon of what happened to me when some news came to me. Okay, let's go to the final, the fourth gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, John. John 20. John 20. Verse 3. Peter therefore went forth and the other disciple and came to the sepulchre so they ran both together. The other disciple did run, outrun Peter. The first came to the sepulchre. And stooping down and looking in, he saw the linen clothes lying, yet went not in. Then cometh Simon Peter, following him, and went into the sepulchre, and seeth the linen clothes lie, and the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then were also the other disciple, John, and came first to the sepulchre. That one came first to the sepulchre. He saw, he saw and believed. Here we have the testimony of John, the disciple. 
He went in. The clothes were the special place. Jesus wasn't there. And he's writing this gospel himself. So he, as he says, I saw and believed. Mary Magdalene was the first one that Jesus would come and touch and uh, wouldn't touch, but <laughs> had a problem. <laughs> the first people that saw Jesus were not able to touch him. But later on, he went to heaven and came back and the other people were able to touch him. But John's testimony here is that he believed in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He saw an empty tomb. He saw the napkin in a certain place. And he believed. And that's what we do. We see the evidence. We read the Bible. We ask the Holy Spirit to lead us. And we come to the essence of, of the truth. St. Paul, Paul also, but John, uh, and then even verse 9, for as yet they knew not the scriptures that, it must, that he must rise again from the dead. But John did. John believed in his heart. We don't usually think of that, but John is another testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now here's where Mary Verse 15, Mary Magdalene. Why did Jesus speak to Mary Magdalene? Well, we're going to get to that right now. Mary Magdalene, a woman that had seven devils. Seven devils. Can you imagine being controlled by one devil, one evil spirit? Terrible, evil spirit controlling people. And not only controlling people, but controlling people to sin. Control people to sin physically, mentally, morally, spiritually. Can you imagine the sins that Mary Magdalene did being controlled by one spirit? Multiply that by seven. And you knew that she was a terrible woman. The Bible doesn't tell her sins. The Bible doesn't want you to know her sins. But she was sinful. And Jesus Christ, through his prayer, cast out these seven demons. And Mary Magdalene loved the Lord Jesus Christ. Why did she love the Lord Jesus Christ? She was forgiven so much. Forgiven, forgiven the sins of seven evil spirits working in her life. Jesus came to her, came to the woman first. Maybe if a man had lost the devil, had problems with the devils, maybe Jesus would come to him first. But he came to Mary Magdalene. And verse 15 Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? John twenty fifteen. She, supposing uh, <coughs> him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou hast borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said unto her, Mary. 
Mary. She turned herself and said unto him, Rabboni, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. And Jesus said unto her, Touch me not, for I am yet, I am not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I ascend unto my father and your father and to my God and your God. This is why Mary was not to touch him. But when he came back from his journey to heaven, then the other people who mentioned him, they were able to touch him. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples. But the thing we want to impress, how much she loved him. And we can ask us, how much do we love Jesus Christ? How much? Well, we think of all the sins that he forgave us. All the sins. Now, don't need a demon to tell you sins. <laughs> the Bible, the word, the law will show you're a sinner. Has he forgiven our sins? Do we love him? Willing to sacrifice our life for him? When people are saved and know it, and out there witnessing and working for the Lord, working in the church and working out of the church, <laughs> working with unbelievers, working with believers, working and giving testimony to the Lord Jesus Christ. People who love the Lord, who have been forgiven much, have been forgiven much will love much and work much. Are you one of the workers here in this church? <laughs> Are you one of the workers? Or just one of the citizens in the pew? Well, God wants us to be good workers, good Christians, good witnesses. I know we say, oh, everybody is a missionary. I like to use the word witness. All witnesses, all the Christians saved by the blood of Christ are witnesses. Are we witnessing? Do we love Jesus Christ sufficient to witness? Do we put him first in our lives? <laughs> Do we put emphasis on the gospel? Do we love the gospel? Do we love Jesus? <laughs> then we'll be like Mary, willing to serve the Lord Jesus Christ and go where he goes. Mary Magdalene, a wonderful testimony that we have through her. But how about our sins? How have our sins been forgiven? By the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. By the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. So we're very happy to say God forgives people of their sins. And Jesus comes into their lives. And we love him very much. Even as Mary Magdalene loved the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are, are we willing to sacrifice our time, sacrifice our uh, efforts, sacrifice to serve the Lord Jesus Christ? Do we love him enough? Do I love Jesus enough? Do you love Jesus enough? How can we have a passion for souls? I heard a good evangelist say, if you want a passion for souls, you have to read the Bible. Read the scriptures, and you'll get a passion for souls. Get out there to witness the Lord Jesus Christ. Whether at home or abroad, we'll have the, uh, the thrill of 
telling people about the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's so simple, have a passion for souls. Just read, 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 <laughs> and read portions about soul winning in the scriptures, and God will help you to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, this morning we have looked at Corinthians 15, and in each gospel, about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. His death, burial, and resurrection. And we're justified by faith, believing in the resurrection. But the resurrection is with the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We have something to tell the world. We have something to tell people. Most people aren't saved. <laughs> Therefore, we have a wide audience to tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, we have one more aspect concerning the scriptures. I thought we were finished, but I looked down on my note. What's the other disciple that was slow to believe? And finally, was saved and was a believer on the resurrection of Christ. We forgot one uh, disciple, one apostle. That is Apostle Thomas, or Didius, as he was called. Didius, apostle. The disciples had two meetings. Jesus came to the first and revealed himself, showed him his hands and his feet, his side. But Thomas wasn't there. And Thomas, the doubter, said, I will not believe until I should do this. And so the second meeting, Jesus comes in the midst, and immediately he knows Thomas's problem. And he went, gives out his hands probably, shows him side. And Thomas finally says, my Lord, my God. He believed in the resurrection. <laughs> but he was shown the hands and the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. It took him a while. <laughs> he was a doubting Thomas, like some of us. <laughs> he believed. He was no longer an unbeliever of the resurrection. He believed in the important doctrine of the church, important belief of the church, important aspect of the church, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now Paul explains in, in Corinthians 15, if Christ didn't raise from the dead, if he didn't come back to life, he takes the negative aspect, suppose there isn't a resurrection, then people are still in their sins, and we're still false witnesses, we say Christ arose and he didn't rise. And we have no hope beyond the grave. Paul used the negative. Now I read most things to you this morning about the positive. <laughs> Peter and, and Mary Magdalene and others, they believed the gospel. Okay, let's ter terminate the sermon this morning.
what, what do you think we should do? Maybe there are some here this morning that have not believed yet in the resurrection. They're still doubting. Maybe we should ask some of the people here this morning, are you truly saved? Do you know the Lord? Have you been born again? Have you been converted? <laughs> Do you believe the gospel? Do you believe he rose from the dead? At this resurrection service this morning, we can ask anybody here has doubts, and on this resurrection morning, you can put your faith in Jesus Christ and the gospel. And in the resurrection, do you believe he rose from the dead? Do you believe that? Are you sure? Is the scripture sufficient? The testimony of Paul, the testimony of so many that we, we talked about this morning, their testimony, the angel's testimony. Do you believe that he rose from the dead? Truly, in the heart. Or you say, I have doubts, like doubting Thomas. Maybe this morning, someone would like to receive Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Now, Solomon, the Savior, but Lord, is there a difference? Is there easy believism? Of course, easy believism. But people can be saved and born again and know it and have the assurance of salvation. This morning, if somebody would like to raise his hand or stand up in your seat and say, yes, on this resurrection morning, I want to believe that he rose again for me to justify me. Anybody like that in this service? Let us pray. Oh, God, our Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank Thee He rose from the dead. He's alive. He's our Savior. We believe in Him. We trust Him. He works in our lives. He works in our church. He works outside the church. Lord, we pray that Thou would help use these words that were spoken from the Scriptures, read from the Scriptures, use them to give us greater faith, greater love for the Lord Jesus Christ, greater love to do his bidding, work in his vineyard, work in this church and outside of the church and other areas. God will open the doors. So Lord, we thank thee that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. We have so many testimonies of those that saw him, even 500 people at once. Lord, we believe. Help our unbelief. And if somebody here this morning still needs to be saved, work in their hearts. Give them the grace to be saved. Give them the faith to be saved. Work in their hearts by thy Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit can give them the faith and the repentance. We didn't read one of the sections of going into all the world. Help us to speak repentance, preach repentance as well as faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank thee for this service. We thank thee, the brethren here. We thank thee for those who love Jesus. We thank thee for those who want to work for Jesus, who want to serve Jesus. And we thank thee 
in this wonderful morning of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. You came back. You're alive. You're here with us and with thy people. Bless thy people, Heavenly Father. Use them for thy honor and thy glory. Help this church to go on. The church must go on. The gospel must, must go on. The scriptures must be proclaimed. And Lord, we ask all of this in the precious name of our wonderful Savior who rose from the dead. In Jesus' name, amen.